podcast is a part of Dear Asian Youth, a youth-led magazine aimed towards Asian activism for Asian youth by Asian youth. Follow us on all platforms, Instagram, Twitter, etc. at Dear Asian Youth and at Dear Asian Girl to get updates on all the latest articles, poetry and prose, podcasts, campaigns, and more. Dear Asian Girl, a podcast dedicated to uplift and share Asian girls' stories everywhere. Today we'll be talking about Asians in the STEM field and the business field. Hi everyone, this is Alina and I'm here with Jen and welcome to our, I don't know, 10th? Uh, no, it's on our 10th, I, I swear, I know. I know it's on our 10th. It's our, wait, 12th. 12. 12. I was wrong. It's our 12th <laughs> episode of Dear Asian Girl. And today we're going to be tackling this idea of the bamboo ceiling, and we'll explain a little bit more about what that is, but essentially we're going to be talking about Asians in the STEM field or Asians in the business field specifically, and why it's seen as a very Asian-dominated field, but we see very, very few um, Asians in leadership positions in this field. So a lot of stuff to cover. Um, Mm -hmm. We are going to be talking about that and also talk a little bit more about Asian women specifically. Um, And yeah, we cannot wait to get started. Um, Jen, do you want to add anything? Yeah. So I know we've had this discussion a little previously, but we haven't really like dipped our toes into the discussion about Mm how, um, especially it's prevalent in Asians where it's more seen that we are in the STEM field or in the business industry. But as a result, like we aren't in those high leadership roles, as we should say, we're more like in the background and we're working everything. And I think that's really important to say, because I know we've been constantly stereotyped to be in these Mm -hmm. roles and be in these fields, especially like in movies and like our daily culture, we're surrounded. Like I know for a fact, Alina and I have had those experiences where we've been in like AP classes and they're like oh are you gonna go into the STEM field and you're like um uh, maybe maybe not (laughs) maybe I don't know (laughs) yeah but in the end like you're just working that nine to five job and you don't you don't get any like raise you don't get like a salary like you literally are just like there and I think that's something like um a lot of people don't realize is how um, I guess, I don't want to say, it. yeah, no, white male dominated, um, the, yeah. the top leadership positions are in retrospect to Asians out there, especially since we are with that stereotype, even though we don't even have those leadership positions. And I think that's something like really interesting for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I completely agree. We did talk a, like very, very briefly about this. I don't know what episode, um, but, I mean, in every single one of our episodes, we always talk about the model minority myth because, I mean, it's so evident mm-hmm. and it is so applicable in, like, almost every single issue that the Asian community faces. And so looking at this, I guess, this issue of the bamboo ceiling, um, which, I mean, I guess to clarify, it's how it, the bamboo ceiling essentially is, like, why are Asians less likely to uphold or be promoted to leadership positions in business versus their white counterparts. And so kind of looking at this issue, like we need to look at where does the root of this problem come from? And it comes from the model minority myth. And as you mentioned, like uh, Jen and I both talked about this before, but we both like in our AP classes and any of our STEM related classes, 
are always asked, oh, do you want to go into the STEM field? And we're like, I don't know, maybe. So it's like yeah. this idea that they immediately connect Asians with science or business, like automatically or even subconsciously is very damaging in a larger scheme of things. And you can see that through um, this like bamboo ceiling idea. And so I guess like this stereotype kind of portrays portrays, portrays Asians as stem people or business people but if we are in this asian dominated field in air quotes why are we not taking these leadership positions and why are we not being given these leadership Mm -hmm. positions especially especially if we make up the majority of the workforce in those fields um yeah yeah and either that or we are in those positions but we don't get the recognition that we do deserve because Mm -hmm. we are seen as sort of like the meek or we're constantly being gaslighted for, like, who we are and how yep. we sort of, like, deal with society and how we deal with our problems. Because mm-hmm. I remember, like, ever since a child, for I know for a fact, like, I have been racially gaslighted for, like, subtle things like um, like the color of my skin where they'd be like, oh, you're, like, darker than me or something like that. And then I'd just be like, yeah, no, uh, <laughs> for sure. And then they would get, like, super just, like, mad about it, I guess you can say, about my skin color. So I think that's something, like, especially for Asian women, especially, where we are seen as sort of, like, the meek, docile, like, submissive sort of woman out there, and I think that's really interesting to address, and that's why we've kind of been put under this model minority myth, because we won't speak up about our problems, we won't, like, try to, like, really engage it, and that's kind of, like, partially our fault as well, because we are, like, not taking the initiative, we are not reaching out, some Asians, but I know the other half have really tried to and as a result like we've gotten shut down as well and I think like because of that model minority myth it goes both ways in which some Asians are not willing to reach out or not willing to because we know we're going to get shut down or it's the other fact in which like oh we're going to speak out but we do get shut down so either way we get shut down either way and I think that's something that like really needs to change and we really need to address and fully like comprehend on like why is this placed here in the first place and why aren't we getting the recognition that like we deserve because I know for a fact Asians I'm not gonna lie like are probably so like one of the most hardworking people I know and they're so like secretive about it they try to like they're very humble there that's the better word for it they're very humble on how they work like they don't brag and I think that's what's so amazing about the Asian community is how like smart we are and how like humble we are about it as well so I think that needs to have more recognition and I think that comes with the bamboo ceiling as well and what you were talking about yeah no I completely agree and I think like as you mentioned that stereotype of Asian women specifically is so damaging to the positions that they take on in these uh larger leadership roles or these fields like and you kind of talked about this but essentially with Asian women they are seen as meek or quiet, right? And so then they're not given these leadership roles because the employers assume, oh, they're too, like, I guess you could say submissive to take on this role. But then if, in the, in, in the contrast, if you are assertive, if you are a good leader, mm-hmm. if you are good at doing what you need to do, you are seen as bossy or seen as, like, rude or, like, just, di- like, disrespectful or, like, mm-hmm. mean. And I think that's really, like, frustrating because you said this as well, like, you read we will get like disregarded either way, whether we are, um, whether we are like quiet or meek or whether we are assertive and straight to the point. 
And I think, again, like, that also feeds to this idea that you that Asians are not seen in these leadership positions. And there's this one quote that I guess I can read that's from um, BBC. But it essentially says, um, in general, women are often called out for being abrasive or bossy when the same qualities would be praised as assertive mm-hmm. or confident in men. This catch-22 may be an obstacle to their career progression. They're either penalized for being bossy or they self-censor and and then seem to lack the assertiveness required for a leadership position. So I kind of talked about that, but that article will also put somewhere in the description so you guys can read that because it's very helpful about this topic. Um, But I don't know, Jen, have you personally experienced when you're either not given something because you are quiet or you when you are given something and you're bossy they see you as like or when you're assertive they see you as bossy yes a hundred percent oh my goodness the double standards for not only being an asian woman but also being a woman in general is so horrible Mm -hmm. you could see it in the school environment where you're like for example you get a better grade or you sort of lead a discussion and then people around you even like the like the women out there are like oh she's so like assertive so like bossy so like super like I don't know I don't know the right word for it I it will come to me but I remember just feeling like absolute shit afterwards I'm like why am I like like I remember in Socratic seminars where I just go off 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 about like the literature text because that's who I am period I love speaking on English discussions not a lot of people do but I love it and I think like it's so much fun but like you could just see the faces on all the white men around you that are just like this girl needs to shut the fuck up. Like, you could just see it on their face. I'm like, no, I'm a boss-ass bitch. I don't give a fuck. I'm going to yes, say yes. what I want. Like, I'm going to say about this motif. I don't fucking care. Do it. Do it. But, like, I know for a fact, like, there's been so many double standards, like, in every single industry you go to where a woman constantly gets ridiculed for what she's done or how yeah. outspoken she, ha- she has. Like, Alexander Cortez, Ruder- Ruth Bader Ginsburg has been shut down just for like being outspoken on what they want. And I think that's really prevalent in the Asian culture as well for both men and women. And um, this is not really like in the business industry STEM field, but I know there's this one comedian, her name's Ali Wong. And she's really, yeah, she's really popular for her like two standups and she's amazing. But I've heard like some criticism and backlash behind her for being like so vulgar about like what she's saying. And of course it's by the white man, you know, it's, it's fine. And I think that's something like, you could just see the double standard again, where women are placed, like, if they're like, if they say these vulgar jokes, if they say something that's super, like, not feminine, then everyone will attack her for being so abrasive and so, like, mean, I guess you can say. But when a man does it, it, they get praised for it. Like, similar, okay, I'm gonna go off. Similar to WAP, let's go. <laughs> Megan Thee Stallion and Cardi B, when that song came out, all the men, all the incels, literally, like, <laughs> attacked them for it. Yeah. Them, it's so bad. And I, I don't really know how that all came into, how did I, like, I was literally, like, a word vomit, but um, I just, I just needed, I just hate the double standard, and I hate the I I hate the hypocrisy. It pisses me off. I'm so done with it. It needs to go. (laughs) I agree. And I was going to say, I was literally going to bring up WAP. I was like, WAP is a really good example. Like, I, like, I, I purposely, like, blast WAP when I'm, like, driving down with my windows. People, like, the white men can get uncomfortable with words 
like that they're like they they just hate women saying yeah. and like again alexandra ocasio cortez she was called a bitch like why mm-hmm. because she's badass because she's assertive because she's good at what she does she's called a bitch but this white man who literally called her a bitch is seen as professional he's seen as yes. a boss he's seen as awesome in this field like no mm-hmm. not at all like that's so and it makes me mad because it's like we can never truly win in a certain extent because it's like we're either seen as quiet or we're or too submissive for a leadership role or we're seen as too bossy or too rude and like for me at least like I run an, an activism organization and at times like even I catch myself doing this to myself it's like um when I need to be assertive to my team members I need to tell them what I need to get done what needs to get done what and when I'm like oh my god I'm being a bitch but no I'm not I'm just doing my job like yeah, that's what I'm exactly. supposed to do so it's like even like we need to catch it within ourselves and you were saying this earlier same thing with the how we need to learn to not be quiet and not be submissive about these things and speak out the same goes for catching ourselves when we're calling ourselves like bossy when we're not when we're being assertive so and I don't don't know I feel like there's a lot of examples of this double standard but again like it's so prevalent especially especially in the business field and in the STEM careers I'm sure it is in other ones but specifically for like the business field um but yeah so I guess we could talk a little bit more about like um leadership positions and stuff Mm -hmm. I definitely um know where you're coming from Mm -hmm. where like in terms of the STEM field or the um the business industry where you can definitely see like the oh my gosh another topic the imposter syndrome coming into play when going into college I know of a fact like some of my friends when they do step into like environmental engineering or just engineering in general when they do and go into these STEM fields they feel so inferior compared to like all the other people in the room because it consists of just majority men who are as I mentioned before who are literal incels and can't comprehend (laughs) that a woman is smart enough to go into their careers career paths so they try to bring her down or like make her seem like she doesn't belong there and that sort of relates to as I mentioned before the imposter syndrome where it all just sort of ties back. And I think that's especially prevalent in the Asian community where a lot of Asian women are starting to go into these STEM fields and STEM careers and going into the medical field and finally speaking up about like these issues. And I think like just the fact that like we get put down for that. And I think you mentioned in like one of the articles that are stated down here, which we'll put in the description below, they said that 14% said that the others had viewed them as incapable of becoming leaders, while 34% that others had assumed they were submissive or passive, which I think is super interesting because it just goes to clarify and goes to show that like this is not just us thinking it in our head other people view us as submissive or passive and I think that's something like we need to I guess sort of rewire and there isn't anything wrong with it but if you are trying to get into these specific fields we shouldn't have these already predisposed stereotypes ingrained when you're trying to like apply for an interview for example or like the fact that like even when you do get blown away by the interviewee um I just hate the double standard of it where they're like wow you're very well spoken for a woman or something like that like oh my gosh I hate those comments too like just say I'm well spoken you don't need to say that and I think that just like pisses me off I get so angry but no I I get exactly what you're saying like I mean one thing that I've noticed is like 
and this is kind of common sense at this point, but why men get, and men in general, get uncomfortable when they're around powerful women? Yeah. And they get intimidated, and it's like, I get it, I'm badass, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a boss bitch, I get it, but like, the fact that they get intimidated is like, they're so, they have so much fragile masculinity that they can't, like, be with someone who is equally, if not even more qualified for something, mm-hmm. who is like, in the same, I guess, position as them. And I see this a lot like with my aunt. I have four aunts and like one of them works and she is in, I, I literally don't know what she does, but it's like in the financial field, but in the business field specifically, like she works for JP Morgan. And so essentially like I see this in like the Asian community. So it's, it comes from within our own community as well, not only outside. So I guess it's important to recognize that as well, but with my aunt like she works so hard she has two daughters she lives in new york city she's like a bad bitch you know what i mm-hmm. mean and she, even in the workplace she faces so much discrimination not only because she's a woman but because she's an asian woman and she also faces it from outside and like extended family at times wow. like people will say oh my gosh she's so like rude she's so mean she's so like bitchy or whatever when she's really just a working woman who's good at what she does Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I just don't know why people love to, like, bring down women who work, and especially women who are in, like, the, the business field and the STEM fields. It's just, I, I don't see how it's, like, how that logically makes sense. So, it also no. does come within our own, I guess, community. And it's interesting to me, sorry, I'm not going on a rant, but no, it's, it's, like, it's, like, it's interesting to me how, like, the Asian community praises going to the business field, going into these STEM fields. But then at the same time, when women do go into these fields, that they want to bring them down and say, oh, you can't work and have a family. So I don't know, just thought of that, but it makes me mad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. I know for a fact that, like, some parts, like, early um, Filipino history, it was a very matriarchy society where the mothers were, like, sort of the superiors in the yeah. family because they were, like, the ones that, like, birthed the kids. They would um, give the food and everything. And I think that's something so different in the Filipino society where they, like, mothers are sort of praised for what they're doing in terms of the house in terms of jobs and everything and I think that's something really interesting because I know for a fact like my grandpa and my grandma would like work together in a business and my grandpa would never shut down what my grandma said or anything and she was a boss ass bitch in her business they worked like in this insurance company for like cars and stuff and she was like the I think she was the vice president and she would just be like ordering everyone. She was the scary boss woman. And I think that's something really, really cool that's so different in the Filipino culture. And I get like and same with my mom too. Like she was never shut down really for like working hard and going yeah. into like she went she get, she went to the University of the Philippines, which um if any uh-huh. of you people know that, that's like one of the top universities in the Philippines from like her small town. And I think that's something really, really interesting in terms of my culture, where the women are sort of praised for doing that. And I think that's so different from the American view, where it's the exact opposite. Women are praised for being in the house and cooking and cleaning. And there's nothing wrong with that. But as a result, like when my mom came to the Philippines, you could kind of see like this sort of shift on like the stay at home mom versus like the working mom. And I know she's gone for a fact, she's gone like comments and oh the whole situation with the whole covid where um the 
like I guess you could say the stay-at-home moms are sort of complaining about the whole situation but my mom always takes into account the working woman and how hard it is for not only being able to stay at home but also oh, like working a work. nine-to-five job and I yeah. oh that makes me so pissed because that's another thing that's like so amazing about women just women in general is how yes. they're able to like be both of those things at once and yeah, like the fact really. that like men see that is sort of like docile or submissive i think that's fucking stupid because yeah, like, like the opposite guys Come yeah, exactly on. like she's staying up to like 2 a.m cleaning the house but then has to wake up at five to go to work and drive and exactly. commute and be a boss and her own leader and i think that's so crazy how like society still views women as like not powerful enough when they're literally doing it all. Like they, yeah, they're like the jack of all trades. Like, they can do everything. Like, what can men do? Work? Play poker? <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, cheat on their wives? I don't know. Like, Literally. And, like, no, and I guess it's really a good thing that you bring up is, like, how in America it's different than, like, the Asian countries. Like, this idea of like, working women. And, and, like, it's important to mention that, like, this misogynistic viewpoint towards women having to, like, put aside work for their families is not a, like, Asian thing mm-hmm. or a, like, person of color or minority thing. It's a cultural thing that was introduced through colonization yes. in the white community. It is mm-hmm. not, like, people think about this about, like, about Islam a lot, and I'm Muslim, and people think that Islam degrades women and oppresses them. When in reality, that was introduced during colonization mm-hmm. and in the introdu- introduction of, like, the white community's ideals onto Islam as a religion. It's not the religion that's, like, oppressing women. It's the culture surrounding it. And yeah. it, obviously, it's not only, like, the white community that, like, affected, the, that kind of affected us. It was also the men in power who are part of that religion or that minority group who are further feeding to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I completely agree. I don't know why... And men think that, like, women are, like, submissive for doing literally everything when it's, like, completely the opposite. Like, come on. Like, I don't know. So, but I get what you're saying. And, like, shout out to your mom and grandma. Bad bitches. Let's go. (laughs) Bad bitches. It's so crazy because now I'm, like, looking back. I'm, like, what am I going to do? Like, I want to be like that, too. Like, I want to work super hard and be like that. But luckily, I, I don't know after what happened recently in terms of politics i just like don't know what to think about it um i bet y'all are updated on what's happening in the world right now because it's like constantly on blast but yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i just that's a whole other topic and maybe we shouldn't dive in because it's we'll kind of bad <laughs> yeah exactly um in terms of we we were talking about the workplace But I guess another thing that would kind of go off is sort of, like, burnout and Mm -hmm. how, like, I guess it's, I don't really know what to say too much about it, but do you have anything, like, any thoughts on burnout and stuff like that? Yeah, so when I was doing research for this episode, I noticed that there's a link between, like, the reason why Asians don't take on leadership positions and burnout because it's so directly linked to like the stigma surrounding mental health surrounding mental health if I can Mm. speak um and like I guess to kind of clarify that a little bit more but essentially um like in our community and we talked about this I think on another episode like about mental health specifically but by us stigmatizing mental health in our community 
it has such an effect in the long run. And if you were to see Asian women in these leadership roles, the burnout factor is so, so real because as you mentioned, they're mm-hmm. literally doing all, they're being mothers and they're also being working women. And so by them doing all these things and also having the stigma of like mental health surrounding them, burnout is so prevalent. Mm-hmm. And so that's also why it's difficult to see, I guess, Asian women and Asians in general in leadership positions because they don't prioritize their mental health and they only see like, working and careers as their main priority which I mean I mean of course it should be but also at the end of the day I'm an avid believer that mental health should be should always come first um but I don't know what about you have you I know you said you dealt with uh, burnout very often so do you want to speak about your experiences (laughs) yeah no definitely during my junior year I've definitely felt burnout where I would just like constantly work work because I had a job last year and then also like school I had like three AP classes just just and then like studying for my ACT and SAT that got canceled of course you know COVID but it's fine like it all worked out in the end but there's just um there's there's definitely a stigma in terms of mental health which we talked about before where um Asians feel the need to just work 10 times as hard in order to like compete against their fellow Asians in order to get the best top leadership positions the best internships the best colleges etc and I think that's something that goes out with burnout as a result where there have been moments where like I literally couldn't I like shut down I bet you've had those moments where you just like are like on the computer and you're just like what is going on I'm so tired it's a whole like like weird process like even yesterday was it yesterday yeah yesterday I literally just started crying because it yeah it was so (laughs) because especially like I mean especially at my school I'm sure like you've dealt with this but I'm trying to work ahead right now on like homework because I have like a lot of the training next week and I'm going to New York to train so I'm trying to like clear up my schedule but it's like I can't like work ahead and I would Uh wake up at like 10 a.m and like sit for eight hours straight 10 hours straight doing homework and then or even sometimes until like 2 a.m in the morning but I would still not make it ahead on, like, schoolwork, like, and I yeah. work at a good rate, like, I get good amount of homework done, depending on the time, but, like, that was definitely a form of burnout for me, because I was just, like, I can't fucking do it anymore, like, all I do is work, I literally never have time to relax, and I'm working so hard, and I'm still not ahead on work, so, like, for me, I've dealt with it as well, and, yeah. and you kind of mentioned this as earlier when you were talking about this, but especially with the Asian community I feel like burnout is also very evident and very like frequent because they have to work even harder than their white counterparts they have to work like 10 times harder so not only do we have the stigmatization what am I saying stigma surrounding (laughs) I was about to say a word that was not stigma (laughs) the stigma around mental health um and also Asian women specifically having to run a household run a family and also work in these high leadership roles and positions and then on top of that, we have to work, like, 50 times harder than the white counterparts. Like, that will lead to burnout, especially mm-hmm. when especially when you're not prioritizing mental health. But anyways, rant over. <laughs> yeah. I know, like, I've talked to, like, a lot of my Asian friends where they've experienced, like, some level of burnout or feeling like going back to the imposter syndrome where they don't feel like they're good enough and, like, they're working just as hard 
just because of the competition that's really, really prevalent in the Asian culture. And I think that's something like, oh, like Timmy is doing this job, but like, look what you're doing. Like where we talked about this, where um, there's definitely been competition amongst each other where we're sort of like placed on the pedestal on who's better and who's doing what like leadership position, who's doing what, who's doing this. And I think that's like really detrimental to a person, like especially an Asian person's mental health and especially for women too because i know for a fact like we've dealt with those struggles and we've dealt with not only just trying to i guess like trying to prove yourself as a woman trying to like put a name out name out for yourself and i think that's sort of a struggle because like there's already like the misogynistic like terms that are coming at us so we're trying to fight against that but at the same time there's also the asian competition that's going against us so i think like as you mentioned before that's really really prevalent in asian women where they've experienced some sort of burnout from like feeling lost on who they are which is another like leads to an identity crisis which i've i've had so many like my personalities have switched because of this i swear i'm like a complete like if you met me last year oh my gosh me too it's okay yeah i don't i change so much every day but whatever (laughs) but yeah so along with that um i guess speaking more about like the bamboo ceiling um which also is a pretty interesting term. I really like that, not going to lie. Yeah, that's um, cool. I didn't even know that was a term before. I kind of started researching for this episode. But um, but let me see if I can find another quote that kind of talks about this. But, oh, this is something that is relevant to what you just said. But um, So this is also taken from the BBC article. But it says that in the U.S., underrepresentation at senior leadership levels with Asians is linked more to racial stereotypes than to women dropping out of the workforce so i did an entire research presentation on this Ooh. on how we see limited women specifically women of color specifically in the workforce and seeking higher education and like kind of what it's linked to and essentially it's linked to so many different things um but the main one was uh limited i guess limited support for them seeking these Mm. roles. And that's also another thing that we kind of talked about a little bit earlier. But this quote specifically, I thought was very important because it mentions how it's not linked to women dropping out of the workforce, whether Mm -hmm. to raise a family or the the stress, burnout, whatever. It's actually linked to the racial stereotypes they face. And so again, with the whole like Asian women being seen as meek or being seen as too, too bossy or too assertive, like that feeds to this as well. And again, like we really need to de- like stigmatize, like stereotype or not stereotype, but destigmatize. What am I saying, girl? <laughs> what? Okay, what I'm trying to say is we need to stop, stop upholding stereotypes mm-hmm. and racist ideas of these Asian women in, like subconsciously, because the employers who are having these racist ideologies and holding these up ultimately leads to the less amount of Asian women who are being employed or seen to these leadership positions. That's what I was trying to get at. But anyways, any thoughts on that? No, that's, that's actually really interesting how instead of like women just dropping out because of like other complications like at home or anything it's mainly because of the the racist oh my god i can't speak either the racist (laughs) stereotypes that are placed by their like male male and 
um, people counterparts, which I think is super interesting. And I never really thought about that, where, yeah. um, where it's mainly because of those racist stereotypes. Maybe because I'm not in the workspace yet, like Same. too much in it, so I don't really know and I don't really have a say in that whole situation. But I definitely feel like that's gonna happen when you do and do go into STEM fields or do go in like the business fields. And I think that's something like really interesting that you brought up. Um, especially yeah. that quote, like, wow, that that's so wow. I, I don't even know where to begin. That's so and, interesting. And like when I was doing my research presentation for my class about this, a lot of the times why people assume that women and women of color in general don't go into like higher leadership positions or whatever they assume the reason why they don't like seek out these positions or or asian or women of color specifically is because that they're not educated enough or they're not smart enough to do it which is completely Mm -hmm. absurd and really the reason why we don't see women seeking out these higher positions is because of the negative feedback and i guess response that they get and the limited and very small amount of support that they get and for me at least And that is very obvious because I'm sure your parents are very supportive of you since day one. My parents definitely have always made sure that I was, I would speak out. I'd be very unapologetically myself. I was Mm -hmm. confident who I am. And if I wasn't like that, I really don't think that I would be like, feel good enough to do these like very difficult careers because Mm -hmm. I am pre-med. And the only reason why I feel like I'll be able to accomplish being or becoming a doctor is because mm. I feel confident in who I am. I feel like I can take on the yes. world. And if Preach. I, like, if I didn't have that support, mm. I really don't think I would go into these fields that are so demanding. And I feel mm-hmm. like that's that's the reason why we don't see more women who seek out these higher positions because of the support that they have that they don't have. I think I love how I love how you brought out like the family sort of aspect of how like it sort of shaped who you are and like the way you grew up is the way you kind of like well how like how you view yourself and how you think you'll fit into these leadership positions because I know for a fact like I'm very similar to you where I'm very outspoken and I'm very like out there because of the support from my family and my like the way I was raised because as I mentioned before like I was able to speak up on all the things that I wanted to talk about I wasn't put down for like anything that I was like saying yeah like as long as I didn't sound stupid like I was 100% me and I think that's something really really interesting um I remember I read like over like I think a few months ago like over the summer during quarantine um Becoming by Michelle Obama which is I don't know an astounding book Um, I still have yet to read that I'm like I really I'm haven't read any books in a long time I've just been so busy which is a lame excuse but anyways yeah go ahead sorry it is amazing it's a really good book I read it over quarantine because I just needed something to do I gave up on school like in May I was like no I'm (laughs) done like because the thing about my class at least is like you were able to like just do the the homework assignments that like would boost your grade um instead of like taking all the assignments they wouldn't take points off for doing any of the assignments so it's like okay I'm just gonna like live life for the rest of this until like August so I read Becoming and I think that's something interesting that you brought up because she did she was born like 
in the south side of Chicago. She didn't really have that much, but she always the one thing that she did have was such a supportive family that was able to let her speak her mind, let her like share her thoughts and her opinions, and that's how she became this amazing woman that she is now. How like articulate she is, how well spoken she is, how um she's able to like be empathetic at the same time and at the same time like be able to like be sort of assertive and super feisty yeah. and I love that about her and I think that's something like as I mentioned as you've mentioned before where it's sort of like stemmed from childhood and I think like as we mentioned before like everything comes back to being like a kid and how you were raised and as a result that kind of translates to the workspace and who you are and what you can bring forth to the table and I think like I don't know for sure if it will be 100% good but like for the future generation in terms of how we raise our kids we would definitely want them to like be raised to be super confident in themselves so they can speak up against their like male white counterparts and maybe that stigma can finally be over well not over but just like more gone yeah mm -hmm, Yeah. for sure yeah I completely agree and like examples of like Again, RBG, love that woman. I'm yes. literally so sad over her death. I know that there's been some people talking about, like, how she's passed policies that are, like, not good for people of color. But, like, sorry, just general. I have to, like, talk about this real quick. No, but I mean, at the same time, I feel like roles for government officials in general are negative. Like, you can never be a good person. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you can be a good person, but you can't be, like, seen as good by being in these positions, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. it, the job comes with, like, difficulties. So you can't blame her. You gotta blame the system. But anyways, <laughs> not much to say. Um, but yeah, RBG and like uh, Michelle Obama are really good examples. And like, I'm gonna bring up AOC again because I love that yes. woman so much. She's my ah, I want to marry her. I, but, I know she's so but, um, cool. She's badass. But I was watching her interview with Vogue. She was doing that like she was doing her daily makeup routine. Oh, I love Vogue, that video. She, <laughs> okay, someone commented this, and I was like what the heck she did her eyeliner once with her right hand and then her left eye she did with her left hand and I was like how 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 do you do that I can like not even get it right with my right hand yeah so I have to look into that again I know it was like I had to rewatch it to see how she just did that so elegantly but it was amazing um but anyway so (laughs) what I was saying was like um related to her interview Basically, in her interview, she's talking about how ever since the beginning, she was raised as a powerful woman, a powerful Latino woman who was unapologetically herself. And again, like we talked about this, but basically, like the support system really, like, especially for young women of color, it needs to be like very positive and uplifting. And you really have to be very supportive when mm-hmm. you're raising women of color. Because, like, at the end of the day, like, the world will really try to take them down. Yes. They have to be able to be their biggest supporter. And, mm-hmm. like, you as, like, you as well, you as in, like, parents, I guess. But but you have to really be your biggest supporter. And, like, for those who are listening who don't have a supportive household, like, it, I mean, obviously that's not the main factor, but it does contribute a lot to who you are. But just know that you have to be your biggest supporter. You have to be your biggest fan. And you have to, you can only rely on yourself um Jen and I support you we yes. support you so you have us <laughs> um, but yeah I just thought AOC was also a good example of that yeah um I actually watched a video on AOC just recently where she was like I'm a girl from the Bronx and I love being a bartender I love being a, a, a Latina woman I love being like a strong powerful woman 
and like yes. during his quote and like everyone was just clapping for her. I was like, yes, say yes. it louder, say it louder. And also um, another thing, I remember RBG was also talking on a, I forgot, it was probably like a convention or something. And she was talking about her, what her mom was saying to her and like the key yeah. to marriage. And she was like, oh, what is it? What I is it? That. Yeah, you saw that. And I she was that. like, she was like, I, I forgot how it was. Like. It was something like, um, Act death be, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, a little death in a relationship. Yeah. Yeah, and she's like, "Well, that also translates to all my counterparts at work." And I was like, "Oh my gosh!" But I love that because she's so strong and so independent. She just like doesn't care. And I think like as I met, like as you mentioned before, we need to be our number one supporters in terms of going into these STEM fields and going into these industries for all women out there, especially women of color who already have the misogynistic upon them, but also their, the color of their skin against them. Yeah. And I think I, like, yeah, I'm, I'm happy because we have this support system. Um, and to anyone's listening, we are your support system if you do not have yes. it. Like reach out to us if you need like an uplift or anything because I love uplifting people. It's so much fun. Like it benefits both of you. You just like hype yeah. each other up and I love For it. Sure. Okay. Um, so that's a wrap for this episode. Um, I'm really happy that we were able to talk about this. Uh, I haven't really talked about like women and being in a workspace and how that like will transcend to the future because I know like I'm only like 17. I still have to deal with that. And I think just talking about it now with such a strong woman here, like, ooh, okay. <laughs> uh, I'm just really happy that we were able to talk about this. But my final thoughts are, um, as, as Alina mentioned before, be your number one support system, be your number one cheerleader, and just find people, like have a good positive workspace around you. Create, okay, what I used to do as a kid, so I used to create mood boards on what I wanted, like my dream job. Me, my I dream... really do that. Yes, you know, you do that too? Oh my god, yes. yes. <laughs> I mean, it like helps me just like imagine it happening. It's like, it's like manifesting it, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> like, I remember, um, well, this, I, like, recently I did a mood board of, like, Alexandra Ocasio, or Cortez, and just, like, the, like, the capital, and, like, working in D.C., and it's, like, on my thing. I'm, like, okay, I don't want to work there, but, like, just being, like, a powerful woman, like, that, just yeah, there, it's just, like, amazing. I agree. That's beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, so, again, be your biggest supporter, because, you know, at the end of the day, you're the only person who's going to be there for you, which is very sad to think about, but honestly, like, it only make you, it'll make you stronger. Um, yeah, we talked about a lot of stuff. We started by talking about um, the role of Asians in the business field and how that's linked to the model minority myth and mm-hmm. how that's also linked to be having growing up in a supportive household or, in general, being confident in who you are. Um, and we talked about the stereotypes of Asian women, how that leads to limited leadership positions for them, and how we need to uplift Asian women, Asian women not only in our community, but outside of our community, and a bunch of stuff. So, I mean, without, with that being said, enjoy <laughs> this episode, and make sure to stay tuned for the next one, and we wish you guys the best. Bye, guys. Want more of Dear Asian Girl? You can find us everywhere on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. We're on everything. Can't get enough? Subscribe, follow, rate, review to get all the updates on the latest at DAG. 
Let us know your feedback and what we can do to improve. We also can be found on Instagram. Follow us at Dear Asian Girl to receive updates about our latest episodes and fun facts about the host. We'd love for you to reach out. D-A-G, Dear Asian Girl, a podcast dedicated to share the stories of Asian girls everywhere. For the Asian girl, by the Asian girl. Thank you.